This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. I had such a blessed day today, quiet day, and um, <clears throat> I love my Sundays because I love to just spend time in the Word. Of course, I do every day, but Sunday is like special, you know. I have communion and just quietness. And I'm reading Isaiah today, and I was so, so stunned by... Uh, what I read, <clears throat> the, the, the Jewish people, this is after the Babylonian uh, invasion and captivity, and you can read about it also in Jeremiah, were the Jews that had stayed in the land after the captives had gone to Babylon. They wanted to go to, to, to Egypt, and the Lord said, no, don't go to Egypt. He said, your strength is in being still. Isn't that powerful? And I thought to myself this morning, I thought, what, a, what an amazing revelation. Your strength is in being still, not going to Egypt, wearing yourself out. And in that same chapter, we also read, in returning and quietness shall be your strength. And the Lord in that same chapter said, He said, I am waiting for you to wait on me. I'm waiting for you to wait on me. So I might be merciful to you. And it struck me. A few days ago I was speaking to... Uh, Bethany, uh, House of Bethany, House of Bethany. How many are a part of House of Bethany? Okay, you were there, so, but Michael wasn't there, but it's okay. You're, you're a part of it, I love it. That is a very nice hat you have. That's when you, when you have that hat on, it means it's your day off. I see that. There's only one Michael, that's why we all, we all love him. Jesse, Jesse is not here because she had to be with our dear Theo this morning. And I said, baby, you got to come. She said, daddy, I'm so tired. I said, okay, baby, stay home. So we have a lovely family. I'm glad my sweet babies are here too. Would you go with me to Psalm 62? I was going to speak tonight since I didn't know I was going to. Anyways, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> On the way, on the way in the car, on the way in the car, I had a nice long drive here uh, with all the trucks everywhere. <laughs> Dear Lord, deliver us from these trucks. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm thinking I'm going to, in fact, Chad said, she said, uh, he said, you know, it would be so powerful if you can teach on taking your authority because I'd been teaching on that. And I said, yeah, maybe okay. But then Judy comes up. And I'm watching on the phone. Of course, the signal comes and goes, so you can't say everything. And you're singing that beautiful song, He's Here. And I just kept sensing and feeling, you know, this is not the message for tonight. The message is different. So, let's go. I want to really speak about something so important. Um, Psalm 62, verse 1. David, would you mind helping me? Do you have a microphone? Okay, 
This is my son-in-law too, by the way. I have two amazing sons, not really sons-in-law, sons, thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. And the babies are here tonight, right? Thank the Lord. They're not in the service, right? Thank the Lord double. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. We're going to read Psalm 62, verse 1, and then I'm going to give you just a few other scriptures. But let's go to Psalm 62, verse 1, please, David. Go ahead. Truly my soul waiteth upon God. Why does he say that? Because he made a decision. David made a decision. He said, truly my soul will wait upon the Lord. He saw this power in that. And then we read in Psalm 130, verse 5, I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait. Wow. And who do we wait on? Well, Psalm 25, verse 5 says, On thee, on thee do I wait all the day. All the day? Yeah, if it takes all the day, of course. So David says, On thee I will gladly wait all the day. And I'm adding the word gladly because he would not have said it otherwise. I hope these things are on the screen. Yes, they are. Thank God. Okay. Now, this is something very beautiful in, in Isaiah 33, verse 2. And I'm giving you a lot of scriptures quickly here. He said, be gracious unto us. Why? We have waited for thee. There's tremendous power in waiting. Tremendous. I think, sadly, a lot of God's people don't really hear about that much. Because that message is like absent today from the body of Christ. That's all we heard when, we, when I got saved. That's all, that's all we heard. The crucified life, waiting on the presence of God, being still in his presence. That's all we heard when we were young. Today it's all about activity and you know, doing this and doing that and wearing yourself out. And so it says... In Psalm 37, 7, rest in the Lord and wait. Wow, that's good. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. That's Psalm 37, 7. So there's a lot of scriptures about waiting upon the Lord. So Psalm 62, 1, truly my soul waits upon God. Psalm 130, verse 5, I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait. Psalm 25 and verse 5, on thee I wait. I'm waiting on you, Lord, not just on waiting. There's a person we're waiting on. So it's not about waiting just to wait, like for what? Now, a lot of us have waited for doctors and hated it. Dentists hated even more. And we're a nervous wreck by the time they call our name. <laughs> but waiting upon the Lord, that's how you find rest. Not anxiety. Not stress. Your blood pressure doesn't go up. Your heart rate doesn't go up. There's rest. It's not beautiful. Now, I saw something happen years ago 
that I never thought I'd see. Now, you know, I had heard when I got saved, people like Lorne Cunningham and Cody Timboom, you know, imagine being exposed to those people. And they all would talk about wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord. And if you had a problem and went to see your pastor, he said, wait on the Lord. That's what they'd say to you. I'll never forget going to more than once to Jim Pointer, who was a wonderful, like a spiritual father to me. And I'd say, I have the, the, whatever promise. He said, Benny, just wait on God. That's all they tell you. Today they give you a whole bunch of things to do, whatever, till you don't know what to do when they're done talking. <laughs> so, so I went to see one of the services with Miss Kuhlman. Now, Catherine was so into that big time. First time I had gone to a meeting, I didn't see her say that. So one of, I've been to, I don't know how many, a lot of them. So one service would, were in Pittsburgh. <clears throat> First Presbyterian Church, downtown, it's still there. And Catherine, in her beautiful way, she said, not a sound made. And she talked really dramatic, you know. Not a sound, not a sound. There was uh, some guy sitting about two rows, you know, in front of us, and he had his hands over his nose and mouth. Now, we could not hear him, and he, he, he was whispering something, and she heard him, and she, I can tell you how, how it happened. Now, everybody's quiet. Sir, I said not a sound. <laughs> had this been me, I would have gone under the puke. I didn't even hear the man whisper I'm sorry darling did I scare you uh, I should have prepared you I need to come lay hands on that dear girl right there I, 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 I just I'm trying to show you the way it happened because what happened so she's she's like not a sound not a sound so everybody's quiet and don't know why we're quiet that was the first time first time ever I saw anyone in any service say that and then this gentleman, you know, he's, and you know when you put your hands over your mouth, it actually magnifies your whatever. And she rebukes him like, and, and, and then this went on probably for, ah, oh, 10 minutes, maybe more, I don't know. And the organ playing so beautifully, I, I will never forget that moment as long as I live. Suddenly I heard cries a woman, I can see, I can see. And miracles just broke loose. I never saw this in my life. It was first time in my, ever as, a, as a, a Christian where this lady says, not a sound, and people get healed. And one blind woman, totally blind, began to see. And then the deaf began to hear. And she did not even give a word of knowledge. She just said, not a sound. So I had just gotten into the ministry myself. So I flew back to Canada, and I thought, I'm going to try that. <laughs> See if it works. I thought, maybe this was just Catherine Kuhlman, you know? Because the anointing is always strong in her meetings. Now, you've you, you got to picture the scene, please. The majority of my crowds, we would have about 3,000 on Monday nights, I had just started in 
Goodness gracious, December 74, I was 21 years old. This had to be uh, mid-75. Miss Kuhlman passed in 76. So, you know, we were going back and forth every month down to Pittsburgh. Now I'm in the ministry. I still would go down because we used to take buses. Dear uh, people who could not drive, mostly the elderly would come on the bus and Jim Pointer would take his accordion and would, would sing and worship all the way down from Canada to Pittsburgh. Good seven, eight, nine hours. You know what I, where I'm, that's, we would pass Buffalo where you came from. Anyway, so um, I go back to Canada. After that experience, that just amazed me. So in my crowds were mostly Eastern European people, very quiet, sweet people. Latvians or Romanians, Hungarians, all that. Very few people came who were real Canadians in the early days. This will shock you. I was sponsored. My first meetings ever were sponsored by the Catholic Church in Canada, Charismatic Catholics. That, that's another story. So I had a lot of Catholics in the service who came, but they were mostly, you know, from uh, Eastern Europe. Now, my choir, my choir, which was not that good, by the way, in the early days. Uh, they didn't sing, well, God love them all. Uh, it was Jimmy McDonald who came and fixed them all up. They began to sing, well, Jimmy used to work with Miss Kuman. But some of them came from Jamaica, uh, Haiti, and places like that. And these were precious saints who... Every few minutes, praise the Lord, hallelujah, amen. They, they just would say that throughout the meetings. Now, those Latvians and Catholics were quiet, but those people from Jamaica were always, hallelujah, amen, thank God, you know, all that. So half the choir was from Jamaica. So I thought, okay, we'll try this. Not a sound made. Now, I didn't say it as dramatic as Miss Kuman, but... I asked them all to be quiet. So, you know, it took a while. <laughs> it really did take a while. I had a beautiful lady play the organ from Scotland named Dear Anne. Anne Kay was her name. She was just a lovely lady. And, and, and she played okay. She wasn't the greatest musician, but she did her best. God bless her. In my, in my, in my early days, you just began with what you got. That's all. So I said, not a sound made, and everybody like staring at me. And a dear man named Gary Beasley at that time, who was with me for years and years, was also there. So I didn't know what, what to do. I thought, okay, I'm going to just try this out. That dear choir, hallelujah. I said, no, no, not even hallelujah, please. Not a sound made. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I said, no, not even that. Be quiet. <laughs> it, was, it took a long time before they really got quiet. Now, it was hush. And I said to dear Anna, I said, now play something softly on the organ. So she did, beautifully. Now, I am, I'm not kidding you, I was holding the pulpit like this, not because of anything, when suddenly, before God Almighty, was the first time I saw it in my meetings, I felt something hit the building. Everyone, I mean every human being, was on the floor. The power of God hit the whole place. Imagine that many people. Whoosh, gone like that. The choir, gone. 
N.K. and I were the, and dear Gary were the only ones standing. N.K. was on the organ. She was crying. I'm like, I couldn't believe it. And Gary just stood there. He was right next to me in awe. And I thought to myself, Catherine was right. There is power in quietness. That was my first experience. So when you read, you know, scriptures, wait upon the Lord. uh, There's power in that. Tremendous power in that. We all know they that wait upon the Lord shall what? Uh Uh-huh. What strength? Spiritually. They shall mount up. Say it. Come on. They shall what? Wait, 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 wait. Mount up means the wind carries you. Doesn't mean you carry yourself. So when you're quiet, the winds show up. Hello. One more time. They that wait, come on, say it, upon the Lord shall what? So if you're weak, just don't do anything. Be, be still. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, meaning the wind of God will carry you. You don't have to carry anything. And then it says they shall what? Run and not be weary, and they shall what? Walk. In the spirit, we run before we walk. Waiting upon the Lord causes you to catch up with him. Because running means you're catching up. Now you can walk with him. Are you, are you getting that? So they shall run to catch up with walking with him. Waiting upon the Lord is so important to us. Now, let's see a few scriptures on why. Let's look. Are you enjoying this? Good. I'm glad I was interrupted today with my lovely day. I do anything for Michael and Jessica. You all know that. Uh, Psalm, Psalm 27, 14 says what? Okay. Can we have it on the screen, guys? Psalm 27, 14. Now, these are powerful scriptures. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will what? Strengthen your heart. Now, do, do you remember earlier, I gave you a scripture from Isaiah 33, verse 2. Be gracious unto us. Why? We've waited. When you wait on God, you find his grace, not his wrath. So in Isaiah 33, verse 2, be gracious to us, Lord. We've waited on you. And I love Isaiah 30, verse 18. So, but before you go, no, no, wait, wait. Keep that, that scripture from Psalm 27, 14. I want to just show you one more thing in it. Because God's word is so powerful. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. Why? Because people give up. So it says, don't give up. Be of good courage. It's going to really happen. It's going to really work. Don't give up before God shows up. Because we don't want to wait. We, we get a little uh, fidgety. Is not the word for it? Yeah. You have to wait and make sure you, you, you don't give up. Be of good courage means it's, it's going to happen. So don't worry about it. God will come through. And he will strengthen your heart. And he repeats it again. Wait, I say. On the Lord. 
I don't know if you ever heard me tell the story before we go on to Isaiah. There was, there's a dear man, Lily, named Peter Jaycock. Peter Jaycock was a Methodist, free Methodist man. He loved the Lord. And he would carry a massive Bible with him to church. And he and I became friends. So one day, he says, Benny, I'm going to pick you up in the morning at 5. Be ready at 5 a.m. So why? He said, he's going to change your life. God's going to change your life. So that was on a Sunday night. He said, tomorrow, Monday morning, you'll be up at 5, ready to go. I said, why? He said, I told you, God will change your life tomorrow morning. Okay. And that man loved the Lord. He would always cry in church, and he was sweet. He was a real mighty man of God. He was not in the ministry. He was just a normal, working, hardworking man who just loved God and loved his Bible. So 5 a.m. comes. He's on the waiting. I didn't think he'd show up. I am not a morning person, <laughs> as my children will tell you. Sometimes I won't sleep till 3 in the morning. Then I just, you know, sleep when, when I want to. <laughs> Anyways, so here, now in those days, I slept much earlier than I do today. Joshua will tell you that's true. You know, sometimes I'm up till whatever hours. So 5 a.m. comes, he's out there. I go in, into the car half asleep. And he drives and drives. Now, dear Amy, in those days, because she comes from Buffalo, an hour away from, from Toronto, you're in no man's land. You're like trees everywhere. That's all you see back then. Now, of course, it's built up. So he goes north of Toronto. Now, past Finch Avenue, there's nothing up there. And that was not that far from where we lived. So now he keeps going. Up, up north towards whatever. And there's trees. All you see is trees on both sides of the road. Not a highway, just a nice country road. Just kept going and going and going and going. Now we're an hour in that car. We've been seeing trees for a whole hour. Not a building around, not a nothing around. And he stops. Just stops. Comes into that little dirt road. He says, come take a walk with me. I said, why? He said, just come. Because <laughs> I'm wondering, what's this guy doing here? Not a building in sight, not even a gas station. Now we walk in the forest and we walk 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 where we cannot see where the car is now. You wish you were there, huh? Yeah, you would have taken pictures with your phone then. We're walking and walking and walking and walking and now the car disappears because of all the trees and he looks and says, I'll be right back. Oh. What? What? I'm like, I'm scared now thinking... He's gone cuckoo, losing his head. I'm going to die here. But I thought, you know, you, you think about, okay, he probably wants to go do something, you know, behind some tree. It's okay, go. Do your thing. What do you think? Like, I'll be right back. Like, well, go where? Like, go talk to the animals? What is it? So the only thing you can think is the guy's got to go. You know, he's got to go, so go do it. Come back. 20 minutes go by. And I'm thinking, oh, dear God, he left me. He's gone back to the car. 
I'm going to die. So I said, now, now you tell me what would you do? What would you do if somebody left you in the forest? You don't know either. See, uh, you, you'd start crying. Well, I began screaming. And I would scream, Peter! I thought, this is it. This is my last, last day on earth. And Josh, honey, he jumps. He, he, he wasn't, not even like this. He was like this close to where I was. But with all the trees, you couldn't see the guy. He was hiding back there to see how long I'd last. That's what he told me later. He said, I wanted to see how long before you scream. I thought, God, I wanted to kill the man. But anyways, I'm being funny now. So now he, he comes out and he was not that far. He says, see, you can't be quiet long enough. I said, you brought me here an hour or more drive from my home to tell me I can't be quiet. And then he gave me the most amazing lesson about quietness. He said, Benny, he said, Dale Moody said, if I can take a man and keep him quiet for five minutes and let that man think about his soul, I'll get him saved. He said, there's power in quietness to bring people out of sin. He said, no one thinks that long about their soul. Nobody. Now, by, by that time, I'm like, you're right. But he brought me all the way so I would remember it. And I have remembered it. <laughs> I will never forget that day. So his, his message was quite simple. Find, oh, here's what, what he said. He said, if you find quietness, you'll always find God. He said, you'll find him all, always in stillness, in quietness. He said, learn that lesson for the rest of your life. And I have. It was a big wake-up call that day of the power of quietness. But that man knew something about the Lord. And it's true. Now, that was before Catherine Kuhlman, by the way. That was before I went to that service. This is before I was in the ministry. I was still young, just got saved. I didn't know anything about the ministry, nothing. And this man took me to the forest to say, in quietness you find God. And how true. The psalmist said, be still and know I'm the Lord. Now, stillness strengthens us. But think about how many people, do you know, how many people do you, do you know that talk all the time. They're always fidgety. Always having to say something. Never quiet long enough to hear the voice of the Lord. They, they want to talk to him. But they don't want him talking to them. His voice becomes clear when we're still. Now I want to show you so, uh, something beautiful in Isaiah 30 verse 18. So can, can we go to that? Isaiah 30, 18. And you know, it's so simple. These things are so simple. We make the Christian life so difficult. No, no, it is simple. Okay, Isaiah 30, 18. 
And therefore, watch this, and therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious and therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. Now that chapter I read this morning, I'm going to show you some amazing things. In fact, it'll probably be better for me from my phone because amazingly, my phone, uh, the colors are in it. I don't know how Chad did that, but he was brilliant. I read my, I read my, uh, my, my Bible on my iPad, and I color it. I color it like this. See, so my phone copied my my iPad, and I did not know. And here is the scripture in verse seven, colored in blue. As I was reading it this morning. Their strength is to sit still. Can we just put that on the screen? Uh, that same chapter, Isaiah 30, verse 7. Just look look at that incredible verse. And this is what I was sharing with you, with, with you earlier. They wanted to go to Egypt. And God says, the Egyptians will, will not help you. Their, their help will be in vain. To no purpose. And God says, therefore have I cried concerning this. I've been shouting at you not to go to Egypt. He said, their strength is to sit still. You find strength. Let me show you another one. Same chapter, same chapter. Verse 15. Verse 15, same chapter. Now God is still talking to a people who were determined to go to Egypt. Because they were afraid of the Babylonians. They wanted to go to Egypt thinking Pharaoh would help them. For thus saith the Lord. Now he's talking to those same crowd that wanted to go. That he just said, your strength is to sit still. He says, therefore, thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall you be saved from the Babylonians. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength, but you don't want it because they wanted to go to Egypt. And we, I just gave you verse 18 earlier, right? It's a part of the same chapter, same whole message. God is talking to a people who are not listening about stillness, quietness. So now you go to verse 18, and he says, the Lord will wait. Now, he's talking to this crowd that says, ah, we don't want to wait. We're not going to sit still. We, we want to go down to, the, to, to, to Pharaoh so he can help us. To the Egyptians so they can help us. And God said over and over, just sit still. In returning, Aquinas says, no, you just stay where you are. And then he says this, this is because I'm painting the whole, the whole picture for you. And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious. So what he's saying basically is, I'm waiting for you to wait. I'm waiting on you to wait on me. That's a powerful, mighty truth. The Lord, it says, therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious to you, you that want to leave and go to Egypt for help, 
and therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. That's what that word means, by the way, is just judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. How beautiful. <sighs> but they won't do it. And then there's a powerful thing in verse 19. If we can just show them verse 19 quickly, please. Because it's a whole message. You can preach on that whole chapter and not even run out of material. Just on that one chapter. About waiting I'm talking about. He says, for the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. He's telling them about the power of waiting on him. That he will bring things to pass they cannot. He will be very gracious unto thee at the voice of thy cry. When he shall hear it, he will answer. Wow. But people don't want to do that. They want to do it themselves. It doesn't work. All right, let me just answer a few questions here. Why? Why do we, why do we have to wait? Listen carefully. Because the fullness of the Spirit and our waiting are inseparable. You cannot be full of the Holy Spirit if you're too busy. The fullness of the Holy Spirit and our waiting are inseparable. They are linked together. You know what I like to do in the morning sometimes? I'll just show you rather than tell you. Just show you. I have this most beautiful uh, playlist. And I put a few songs on it that I really like. And sometimes I'll just start playing them and I just sit there. Just sit there. I don't do anything. I just sit there. And I usually start with this. And I don't do anything. I just, just sit and wait. You know, sometimes I'll read the word or read the Psalms. But... And I just sit and wait. You all know the song. Yeah. And it goes... I, I don't have to... Anyways... And when, when, when I start playing these beautiful worship songs, not even 15 minutes, I'm in. I haven't said a word. I'm just... And now the tape stops, and I'm really in. Because you can't get out now. And you want to stay in. And the presence of God just manifests. I have never done drugs. I don't want to do drugs. I don't need drugs. When, when I was young, had, had I done drugs, my father would have killed me. I was afraid of my daddy before I got saved. I wasn't afraid of God. I didn't know God. I was afraid of my dad. Then I got saved, and now I had two people to fear, God and my dad. <laughs> but I have had moments in the presence of God 
I can't even explain. The joy, the fulfillment, the ecstasy I have felt in his presence cannot be compared in this world. There's no way. In the crusades, when we would worship, I would look at Don Boss, who was my my sound man, with tears, I'd say, there's nothing like it, there's nothing like it. I would actually whisper and say, Lord, don't let me come down this mountain, take, take me home now. Because it was so incredibly glorious, like beyond human emotions, beyond anything in this world, beyond anything in this world. A friend of mine named Kent Maddox, who's now a pastor in Alabama, he's wild too, by the way. He was on drugs for years, and then once he got saved, he got saved. He got actually changed in this church today, right, right back there. And today he's got a big, massive church up there in, in Alabama. So one day he comes up to me. He says, Pastor Benny, I've done all kinds of drugs. He says, there's no high like the most high. Word for word, he said it on this, this platform here. He said, I've done all kinds of drugs. He said, I've been high all my uh, four years. He said, but there's no high like the most high. I never thought I'd hear that from anyone. But th that's a fact. In quietness, you find that joy. And I don't like calling it a high. I don't think even that's a good word. It's joy unspeakable. This morning, dear God. And I didn't even play worship music this morning. I was just reading Isaiah. And I got so deep in it, I was like, an earthquake can't hit, let it go. Let it hit. Because nothing shakes you. Great peace have they that love thy law. In that beautiful time. So, that's where you, you, you experience the fullness of the Spirit. I did this morning, for goodness sake. And you know when you experience the fullness of the Spirit, your tongue, like praying in tongues, becomes powerful. It's not repetitious. It's a language. And you're flowing. You're just flowing. You're just flowing. And you think this is greater than anything I could explain. So waiting, here's what waiting does. Waiting empties you and I of self. Waiting enables you to receive God's fullness because when God gives his Holy Spirit, he gives the Holy Spirit in our, in, in our innermost being, but waiting empties our being from self. So waiting delivers us from self. Isn't that glorious? And waiting also, not only does it quiet the soul, it, in, it really enables the Holy Spirit to touch our depth. Um, in waiting, really, we're quickened because I'm, I'm kind of taking my time in saying this. Go... Go to Psalm 42 quickly. Look at verse 7 and 8. It's a very um, amazing portion that a lot of people misunderstand. But it's quite powerful. Nathan, are you enjoying this, brother Nathan? Good. Deep calleth unto deep, 
at the noise of thy water spouts, all thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Now this is a very amazing verse because, and, and, and I'll, 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 I'll try to explain it as best as I could. Years ago, it, it began happening with me here and there a little bit. I had just read Madame Guyon's book on experiencing the depth of Jesus Christ, and I said, okay, I'm going to be very, very quiet in God's presence. And as I was quiet, the only way I can describe it, I went within myself. But this explains what happened. Deep calls unto deep is like um, I was flying into Cali one day, into Cal California. As we landed, I looked over the, the ocean. I saw a tornado over the water. And it began pulling the waters of the Pacific up like that. It was the most amazing sight. It only happened once in all my life I saw it. So I stopped. I said to Captain Dan, I said, Captain, Captain, look, look. He said, that's a water spout. I never knew that. So it says here, water spouts. The, the tornado was pulling the water out off the ocean, up. When you're in that depth, God pulls you into his depth. It's like, it's like, and you're in it. Deep calls unto deep, and when that happens, a noise of that tornado shows up. May I say it like a spiritual noise almost. And you can, in the natural, you can, we actually heard it. We're not that far when that happened. And you can hear something almost like a, like a train way in the, in, the, in the distance. And it was sucking that water up into, into the atmosphere. That has happened to me in the spirit. It'll happen to you if you'll be still enough. Because in that depth, God speaks to the spirit. He, he doesn't speak to your mind. Your spirit man begins to hear God. And at that moment, you are pulled in in such a blessedness to where if you say even hallelujah, you lose it. I, I hope you heard me, right? Because you say sometimes something religious, but it's all the flesh. At such times, don't say a word. Let him say. Don't you say. Let him talk, not you talk. Because if you talk, it's over. That happened to me when back in the 70s, I realized the, the danger of interfering in such moments. And so I'm going to... I'm going to read something to you that I wrote, and, and I, I, I hope uh, this, this will help you somehow. The multitude of words and the fervency of feelings in prayer have often been a hindrance to the presence of God. Can I read that again? The multitude of words and the fervency of feelings or emotions in prayer have often been a hindrance to the presence of the Lord. Because in waiting before God, the soul sinks down into its own nothingness. Can I say it again? When you wait on the Lord, can you play something real gentle behind me, Joel? 
when you wait on the Lord, and let, let, let God lead you, please. Um, your, your soul sinks down into its own nothingness because it's, it's, it's empty. And now as you, as you move into your nothingness, God lifts you up into his divinity. So your nothingness, uh, you, you wait on, the, on God and you sink deep into it. And that's what I felt, but I couldn't even describe it. So I said, and I say, I felt I was going into myself. Basically what was going on, I was sinking into my emptiness, my nothingness. And at that moment, the Lord showed up in that amazing moment of silence and began to lift me into his divine presence. And, and only that is what brings fulfillment and the fulfillment of his promises. And now uh, faith that is born in that can erase the challenges of life. May, may I say it again? Okay. When you're quiet, <clears throat> you sink into your depth. And when you get into your own depth, you, you, you find emptiness, nothingness. At that moment, you cannot rely on self. God now begins to lift you up into his presence. When he does, just like that psalm we just read, when he does, faith becomes divine. It's not your faith anymore working, it's his faith. And when that faith lives, it eliminates the challenges you're, you're facing. They just disappear like they don't exist. I know it's a little deep tonight, but I think, I think what's, what God is doing here and in different places, uh, I, I think the waiting upon the Lord is what brought that move up in that, in that college, that uni I should say university, in, in Asbury. Uh, let me just show you one more scripture. Zechariah 2.13, a very powerful, powerful word. I, you know, I'm really kind of uh, choosing my words for now because I don't want to kind of lose you because I could get a little deeper maybe and, and I don't know if I should. But let's, let's go to Zechariah 2 and let's look at verse 13, a most remarkable portion. Be silent, O all flesh, before the Lord, for he is raised up out of his holy habitation. When people are silent in his presence, remember that precious command, be still and know, be still and know. You won't know God without being still. Be still and know I am God. In that stillness, hear silence, God is raised up. Every time in scripture, you see the Lord seated. But in silence, he's raised. So it says, let God arise, his enemies will be scattered, right? How? What causes him to arise? You're waiting. Are you, are you listening to this? 
your waiting causes him to reveal himself to you to manifest his presence to you or arise and then his enemies are scattered because demons cannot live where God is neither can sickness live where God is in the presence of the Lord and that's what I saw in in Catherine's meeting when she said not a sound made and then healings took place in that silence the, the presence of the Lord manifests and people were healed I saw it with my own eyes that day and in my own meetings and by the way by the way that's happened way more than once in my in 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 our meetings way more than once and you say it over and over to you say you know what God has made this made made this so simple that all you do is just sit still. That's very simple. Don't even say anything. Let the Lord show up and let Him talk to you. And I believe this is what uh, will birth worship. Okay. Look, look at me, all, all of you. I'm almost done because I don't want to keep going. You are spirit, soul, body. Your soul every day decides who to surrender to, body or spirit. If the soul is weak, if the soul is weak, it yields towards the flesh. If the soul is strong, it yields towards the spirit. So be still and know they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And if you wait, that's when the body loses, the flesh loses, the world loses, you. And now you're strong enough to say no to the world and yes to God. So stillness strengthened you within to yield to the Holy Spirit. But when people yield to the flesh, it's because there's no strength in them that is the result of stillness. Am I, am, am I getting through to you? Okay, so you're, you're busy that day. You haven't waited on the Lord. Now, our ways, because we've lived in this body so long, it's easier to surrender to the flesh than the spirit. Why? Because that's just the way it's been since we were, we were born. We are more accustomed to yielding to the body. We're more accustomed to going backwards than forwards. Why? Because the, the flesh has amazing power over all of us. That's why Paul said, don't be conformed to the flesh. Don't go back to it. So what is the answer? Quite simple. The longer I wait, the less the, the flesh has power. The longer I wait, the stronger I get. The less I wait, the weaker I get. So when people rush into prayer without waiting, they haven't done much to, to help themselves. So now they leave prayer and they get right back into sin as quickly as this. But if you wait upon the, upon the Lord, you'll have the strength to say no to the body. No to sin, no to the world. And yes to the Holy Spirit living in your heart. Comprende? Okay. That's why waiting 
is repeated. Wait, I say wait, I say wait, I say wait. Because God knows how easy it is to go backwards. As the flesh has such a hold on all of us, it's hard to fight it unless God shows up. And God shows up in quietness. And that's when worship begins. And that's when you can surrender to, to the Lord and He actually worships through you. Real worship. And by the way, you know, when you, when you look at, uh, at the scripture, <clears throat> Colossians 2 talks about worship in the flesh. People can worship in the flesh. Because Paul says in Colossians 2, uh, verse 18 and verse 23, that worship in the, uh, in the flesh satisfies the flesh not the spirit. Can we just look at that quick? Okay? But what did Jesus say? The Father seeks those who worship in spirit. But listen, listen, listen. It's impossible to worship in the spirit until you wait. Because waiting strengthens you to surrender to the spirit that you can worship in the spirit. Colossians, Paul said, he said, which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will, in will worship. In other words, it's by the flesh. Will worship. It's a decision you make to worship. It's not God in it. You're in it. And humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor, but rather it's satisfying the flesh. So today, a lot of our worship it's just song services. And what do they do? They wear you out. You want to just sit down and say, give me a break. But in the spirit, it strengthens you and strengthens you and strengthens you. In fact, you become stronger even physically as you worship. Are you listening? Yeah. Okay. So let's just finish with John 4.24. And I'm done. I, I, I wasn't planning on this, but... And I shared a lot of this, by the way, at Bethany uh, a few days ago. But I didn't think I would, I, would, I would do it here. But, well, it's God's plan, I suppose. Um, in John 4, let's just go, go to the Gospel of, of John 4, 24 which we all know by heart, but I want you, I, I want to point one thing to you. God is a spirit and they that worship him must, because there's no other way, must worship him in spirit and truth. What did he mean by that? That is answered in the Psalms. In Psalm 22, 22. Because you're not the worshiper. He is the worshiper. That is truth. Watch what it says in Psalm 22, 22. Can we, can we go to that please quick? Psalm 22, 22. Because the one who, who is worshiping is the Lord himself. Worshiping in truth is where you allow the Lord to use your vessel as a temple of worship. I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the congregation, I will praise thee. 
in the midst of the congregation, I, the Lord himself says, will praise you. Hallelujah. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.